The Blacks and Whites Network proudly presents Katherine Raker of Let's Just Talk. Hi, this is Katherine Raker, and our guest today is Lisa Hesha. And I'm so excited about having her on our show today. She is a life coach, speaker, and author. She just released her latest book, Soul Blazing, Transform Your Imposters into Superpowers and Live a More Purposeful, Authentic Life. Lisa teaches workshops live and on Zoom about how to befriend your imposters, those dark thoughts in your head, know your story, and soul blaze your way to abundance. Lisa has traveled to over 60 countries, gaining wisdom from spiritual leaders and healers from the Bedouins in the mountains of Petra to the Sufis in Cappadocia. She is also the host of several Amazon shows, Soul Blazing with Lisa Hasha and Soul Blazing with Master Teachers. If you like your, you know, you can purchase her book on Amazon. And for more information about all of her work, go to www.soulblazing.com for news and upcoming programs. And I want to welcome you to our show today. How are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? I'm fine. And let's do this. So, you know, one of my first questions is because we talked a couple of days or about a week ago on the phone. And tell us what you think about what soul blazing is. What I think soul blazing is? Well, as the creator. Yes, the creator. Do it. Tell us. That's important. I guess I'm the expert on it. Yes. Um, the worldwide expert. Soul blazing is about getting back to what really matters, um, our soul. We came into this world with a vision and our soul knows that vision, our mission on this planet. And I think our imposters are there to impede our soul to help us really appreciate the journey. You never appreciate it when everything goes right all the time. We have to have obstacles. And our obstacles were created when we were children. They're all our hurts and wounds, our scars from childhood. And they form into wanting to be loved, wanting to be accepted. So we put on a mask to try to, oh, this is who how you are and how you think. Let me put on that mask to be accepted or whatever for relationships and stuff. And that's why a lot of relationships fail, whether it's friendship, love, um, colleagues, because we're trying to please too much. And it can be also with relatives, am I correct? Oh God, yes. Oh yeah, <laughs> everybody. <laughs> and you want to be, here's the thing, you want to be kinder to some relatives that, you know, that you may not get along with or friends you may not get along with. And you want to change the way you feel and the way you talk because sometimes when you talk to people, you may be giving them a bad vibe or they may be hurt from what you say. So what do you do in that situation? Well, you've got to meet people with where they're at. And I think the best way to handle any situation, I created this acronym called SOUL, S-O-U-L. And it means stop, just what's going on and then really observe what emotions are happening. Um, why am I being triggered? And then you as understanding your triggers and who created it. Oh, my mom said this to me when I was this age or my dad or my teacher. So now anytime someone touches on that subject, it's like a wound that they're poking. So understand what that is and then start to heal it. And then to what that ultimately does is liberates you. 
which is L. So stop, observe, understand, liberate. And that really helps because it helps you to respond instead of to react to every situation that comes your way. And if you know everyone is doing the best they can with what they have to work with and what they say does not reflect on you, it'll save you a lot of conflicts. Well, that's one of the things I think that we all deal with in some way, shape or form. Uh, an example can be a child who is an adult who tells the parent, I don't like the way you look. I want you to change your look. Why can't you listen to me? What do you say back to them? I think everyone gets to be who they are. I would say, why don't you change? Why don't you shave <laughs> your head? Why don't, because you're you and I'm me. And that's the beauty of life, it, you know, be you, everyone else is taken. And I give parents a lot of, you know, that advice for their children because they keep wanting to change their children. And it's like, let them be themselves and they'll grow out of certain stages. But um, yeah, and for kids trying to tell their parents that they probably shouldn't do that, but, <laughs> but some parents maybe deserve it, you know, right. but you have to be you and you have to be with where you're at and love yourself at that place. And I would teach children that too. learn to accept people where they are. You cannot fix anyone. You could only fix yourself. So start there. So I think that learning how to talk to your children as they grow and as you grow, because I'm not the normal grandmother. Yeah. Seriously. I, I could like, see that. Absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> I would maybe talk about books or music. Yes, um, I can. Art. I can. I can. Art and music. And That's what I even talk to my daughter now. You know, what are you reading? Tell me about that. Oh, I read that book at that age. Then I'll quickly Google Cliff Notes on it to remind me and say, oh, what do you think of that character? And what do you think of those choices and stuff like that? And last night we just made jewelry together. I got her oh, some jewelry cool. kit for her graduation. Yeah, so it's something to do together. So I'm not just going, oh, you know what? Soul blazing this client or that client. I'm just being with her and being more interested in, in what she's doing. What she's doing and what she likes. So she loves jewelry. Oh, I love it too. Will you teach me how to make this? Oh, what beads? Will you make me one? Will you make one for my friend? Her birthday's coming up and I'll pay you for it, you know? And it's like, <laughs> oh my God, yay, you know? So we start picking out different color beads. So that's a, then a bonding thing. I'm taking your wisdom, yeah. I'm putting it to use. I, I really appreciate that. I think all of us feel that way in some way, shape or form. Yes. Is that true? Is that the reason yes, why? Yes, absolutely. Especially people in the spotlight, people around them get triggered. And especially if you talk about it all the time, because they already know it. Like I did not tell any of my relatives about my book coming out. I didn't even share it with sisters upset in a group text. Oh, I have a book coming out, you know, soul blazing. You can get it on Amazon. Or if you come over, I could send you a copy, you know, just like very, that's it. They very never liked very light, right? Never another word. And it's like, oh, this took me five years to do this or that. You want to go, oh my God, I wrote this. And every word was chosen and all these case, over 200 case studies that's going to change your life. And, but they're all in different stations in life. So one of my sisters said, oh, I bought it and I'm reading it. And oh, you got it on Audible. And I'm going to change to Audible because it's so hard to find the time to read because she's doing so many different things. Right. And it's like, great, you know? And another sister wrote something up on Facebook about it. And the other two didn't really do much. So it's like, that's okay. 
And I never talked to every conversation. I've never said, oh my God, my book is doing this or that. Never. Just, how are you? What's going on? How's your husband? Oh, did your child graduate? It's all about them. Then got to go. Bye. And I do that with some friends too, because we got to get our validation from ourselves and not need it from other people because other we're all struggling. We all have our silent fears and, um, just and, like and I understand, I understand that more than you think I do because I think you know everybody thinks I'm cool, and I I don't have any stress. I don't ever get nervous. Yes, and that's not the truth at all. I hate crowds. I mean, there are certain things that we all have fears of. Am I right, Lisa? Yeah, of course, of course. And we have to take a short break, if that's all right with you. And we'll be right back on Catherine Raker's World, right after these messages with Letha Hasha. And her new book, you want to give the, the name of the book? Lisa Hasha, Soul Blazing. And it transforms so, what? Your, transforms your imposters into superpowers to lead a more authentic, purposeful life. And we're going to talk about that after the break, okay? We'll be right back. You're listening to Let's Just Talk with Catherine Raker. Did you know that memory loss now affects almost 7 million people in America? And the Alzheimer's Research Foundation estimates that by the year 2050, there will be 50 million people with dementia in America. Are you preparing your family, especially your grandchildren, for this issue? This is Dan Perkins, and I'm the author of a new book for children ages 9 to 12 and their families to help them understand that it's not their fault when Grammy can't remember them. Why Can't Grammy Remember Me is available at Amazon or through your local bookseller. Don't make your grandchildren part of the lost generation. Little children aren't the only ones afraid of the dark. Millions of soldiers return from war zones with PTSD, traumatic brain injury, anger, frustration, fear, and loneliness, much of which surfaces during the darkness of night. You have the chance to change the lives of these American heroes. Songs and Stories for Soldiers was created to serve veterans who deal with the lack of sleep due to their injuries. Songs and Stories for Soldiers.us provides a free MP3 player for these men and women. With a list of 3 million songs in 16 different styles, 100,000 audiobooks, and 30,000 old-time radio programs, every veteran can find something to soothe and comfort them at no cost. All our players contain an 8-hour audio program designed to help veterans fall asleep. With 1,500-plus vets now participating, it's our goal to deliver 10,000 audio players this year. To learn how you can help, go to our website at songsandstoriesforsoldiers.us. Help us to help a veteran make it through the night. My name is Judy Teeter, and I'm the mother of three boys. My youngest, Joe, was a great kid. He loved sports, music, and his youth group. One day, Joe asked me to drive him to an after-school event, which was about a mile from our home. I was driving through a green light when a car in cross-traffic ran a red light and drove right into the side of our car, killing Joe. The driver was talking on her phone, so she never even saw the red light. She was so absorbed in her phone call. Before the crash, I didn't realize just talking on a cell phone while driving was so dangerous. Now it's something I think about every day. According to the National Safety Council, about one in four car crashes involves a cell phone. Hands-free is no safer. When you're behind the wheel, put away your phone. For Joe and for the thousands of needless deaths every year, remember, there is no safe way to talk on a cell phone while driving. Find out more at nsc.org slash callskill. As the world faces the challenges of the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic, 
Lions recognize that kindness matters now more than ever. And Lions and Leos are finding ways to continue to serve our communities, including ordering food delivery for healthcare workers, holding story time for children online, and providing surgical masks to medical professionals and first responders. Empowering us to do more, Lions Club's International Foundation has provided nearly $2.5 million in grant funding for COVID-19 relief. And that support continues to grow. For more than 100 years, in times of need, Lions always find a way to help those around them. And after we emerge from this, we will be stronger than ever. Visit lionsclubs.org to learn more. Did you know there are laws that protect the health and safety rights of agriculture workers? And if you or a loved one is dealing with coronavirus, your rights may include required details about your job and pay, payment at the proper rate for every hour you work, safe transportation, and safe and clean housing. For more information and free help, call 866-4-US-WAGE or visit worker.gov. A message from the U.S. Department of Labor. We're back. You're listening to Let's Just Talk with Katherine Riker. We are back with an outstanding guest. She really understands people, and she understands me, which even makes it even nicer, right? And, you know, um, you know, how long did it take you, Lisa, to write the book? It really was in the works since 2003. Um, someone went to one of my talks at the Conscious Life Expo and also came, I had my book launch on March 12th this year. And she said, oh, I came to your talk at the Conscious Life Expo in 2005 and you're talking about your book, Soul Blazing. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, I have this book that's going to be coming out. But as I was working on it, I kept getting more and more interesting cases of people with all these different stories. I'm like, okay, wait. Now this shifted, now that shifted, then the pandemic came and I'm like, oh, everything shifted now and I want to include this and I want to include that. So it's a book that keeps growing and growing and having more depth and the more people I interviewed, the more people, and that's how I came up with the seven imposters just in like the last seven or eight years because it started, I've started seeing patterns and people and saying, oh, they use um, their sex appeal or they seduce to get what they want. This person is an overthinker, so they never get anything done because they're a perfectionist. And they say, oh, this person's a fixer. They don't love themselves to do for themselves, but they can do it for other people. But God forbid, they return a call for themselves. It's like they're always late. They're always this, that for themselves, but for others, they're a rock star. So I started seeing these and going, oh, this person is so judgmental. All they do is talk about other people. Oh, they're the judge. They're So I started formulating these. Then I said, oh, I want to see how many more I get so I could put some good case studies together and, you know, for my workshop. So finally I said, oh, it's ready to be born. And I was still using a lot of these principles and like uh earlier versions just to work with or to teach from but finally I said if there's another book I'll just do a follow-up I was going to do a soul blaze your kids soul blaze your colleagues soul blaze your marriage you know all these different tips and tools right so how can you know your imposters and unlocking their powers launch you into a developing a powerful mindset well, when you understand where your wounds came and who did it, I said, name it and claim it. You know, I say that to clients because when you go, oh, 
I'm so fat and I'm never going to lose weight or I'm dumb. My dad told me I was stupid when I was in seventh grade or whatever. So I never went to college or I never did this or my aunt told me this or my, you know, whatever my friends said, you know, you stole my boyfriends. You're always stealing boyfriends or whatever it is. These are different clients. Um, you start going, that person said it. Where was that person when they said it to you? Even if it was a parent, they're, they're not a God, they're flawed too. And that was the reaction at that moment. That's five seconds of your life or one minute of your life, like a hundred years ago. And you're taking it with you. The thing about I'm dumb. And that happened when someone was 13 and they're now in their sixties. And I still can't do it because, you know, my dad said, it's like, are you kidding me? That was like, you can't, that's a past life. It's not even who you are. It's not who your parents are anymore. And the parent is dead. I said, they are probably going, why did I say that? My poor child is like living from that mantra. So you have to live life enough. The way to get rid of your past is to create more memories and more develop yourself more. I think I was really messed up as a kid because I had a strict Middle Eastern father, an American mother. My father had said things and done things to me that sent me on my hero's journey. It sent me all the way to Iraq where he was from, Baghdad, and sent me to an orphanage and then interviewing kids there and then going, oh my God, you, I feel like an orphan. I feel not seen, not heard. And that my voice doesn't matter because I'm a girl, just shut up and be good, find a good husband. Otherwise your shelf life is up by 25 and have kids, work in the store, never make money because that means you have no value if you make your own money because no man was willing to fund your life. You know, you weren't valuable enough, all these messages. So I'm like, I got to get rid of these before I move on. So I decided to go on a hunt for Saddam Hussein and interview him and- Did you? Uh, uh, I got to meet with Taha Ramadan and Tariq Aziz, but never, and that's the vice president speaker, but I didn't get to meet with Saddam, but the, it's all about the journey. So the journey I took, and I thought they had a bus ride from Jordan to Iraq, you know, an 18 hour bus ride, because uh, it was in, during the Gulf War. And I thought I want to get kidnapped because they said they were kidnapping Americans. And I thought I was a soul blazer without that term that I would get along with them. And then I could co-write a book and become Christian Anafor because I decided <laughs> I can't be an actress. So I went in this bus ride. Oh, kidnap me. Oh, here are my cubic zirconia diamonds when I'm giving my best for. Oh, here's Louis Vuitton. Do you have this year? Oh, my parents would kill me because they're afraid I'm going to get kidnapped and we have so much money and, you know, nobody kidnapped me. Nobody did anything. So I lasted a whole month there. And then I came home, but it was a great experience. Everything I went through and going to this orphanage and then at this orphanage interviewing these kids, I'm like, no, we care about you. They're like, nobody does. Everyone keeps bombing us. The whole world's against us. So I said, I'll memorialize your words. And in that moment, I thought, how would I ever do that? So when I came home, I started putting all their quotes together and I videotaped them. And, and then it, I started getting other uh, trips. I was working as a, for trade shows with this ball bearing company. And they sent me to all these countries. So I started going to orphanages everywhere and staying there. And I ended up being 15 countries interviewing kids. And I wrote this book, Whispers from Children's Hearts. Then I moved to Barcelona to put my daughter in school there. And I started sending it to libraries and schools. And I started getting asked to speak everywhere. So I would speak to second, third, fourth graders and bring a globe and fun facts. Did you know in Singapore, if you got chew gum, you could get thrown in jail, <gasps> you know, and how to say, I love you and thank you and you're welcome and goodbye. 
Um, and so I started to become a speaker and then it became high schoolers, college, and then conferences and seminars and yurts and with Bedouins to boardrooms, you know, speaking about the world and how people think. So I started meeting all these different people. So I became an author and a speaker without knowing ever I would be an author or speaker. I was super shy. If you said hello to me, I'd turn red and almost like cry. You know, if you asked me a question, no, not how am I? I have no idea how to answer that. Please, and blush and panic attack. And I'm like, never in my life would I ever think I'd be speaking in front of thousands of people all over the world. You know, I just, I did the speak, play, pray tour for three years in a row, then six, seven countries and Europe for the past three years before the pandemic. And anyway, everywhere I'm speaking in Florida for a big architectural firm. I'm speaking for the women's conference and women of um, uh, the women's economic forum, all these big places where never in my life would I think I'd even speak in front of five people. Are let your parents alone. still alive? They both passed. My dad passed a few years ago in 2017 and my mom in like 2009. Well, yeah. both of mine are gone. My father was a rock star, not a real rock star. He was a musician and he was a creative guy and I adored him. And my mom was this strict woman that grew up, uh, you know, thinking she wasn't wanted, which was really sad. She was from a very wealthy family. And I, they divorced and then they got back together again and I'm the oldest of seven. So I had a lot of responsibility. And when I got to move all over the world, Lisa, my life changed dramatically. And I think I miss that. I miss that adventure. I do too. You do too. I'm the pandemic. I haven't been traveled since in that I know. I know. Yeah. So, you know, I I uh I love that I feel so close to you because I understand what you're talking about. I, I had to do a women's group one time where I had to stand up. I had to have a glass of wine before I did it. I'm yeah. serious because women scare me. Mm -hmm. Don't ask me why. I do know why, you know, because I went to an all girls Catholic high school and I was this, well, overweight, bleach blonde. Oh. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. But I think what you're doing is so compassionate and helpful to people. I love children. I, I do the same thing as you. I've had all kinds of programs all over the world for kids. And I, I think that I'm so excited about your book. I really am. I can't even tell you how much. And how do you encourage your clients to discover who are you truly deep down? Well, it's really going through the imposter model to start off with taking the imposter quiz to see who your dominant imposter is, which is really your wiring and how you do life and how you make choices and from what place you make choices from. Like when my dad did that to me, it was so strict. And I went on this mission to orphanages and went to his country. When I came back, we got so close because now we understood each other. I was more like a friend of his than his kids. So his lens of looking at me was completely different. He treated me like a friend and a daughter. And it was like, so his lens changed. I was the same person. Well, I grew by traveling, but 
you see, but when someone changes their lens, so when you know which dominant imposter is uh, leading your life, you could change your lens and look at people in a different way and you accept people a lot more. You're not in competition. You don't care if someone set, likes you or doesn't like you because you like yourself because all these soul blazing is about getting back to your soul, your soul's journey, your soul's mission. And once you get that, because we get into a place where it's just too painful to stay tight in a bud, you know, we have to blossom or we're going to just explode. So soul blazing goes, okay, that's where you're at right now. Most people who read this book is like, I'm going to explode. I'm so sick of putting on masks and pretending to be someone else. And, you know, lying to people and even coloring your hair during the pandemic. I was like, I'm done. I'm just, and I'm done trying to be a size two. I'm done. I'm accepting my body weight, my hair color, whatever. They just want to let it all hang out. If you look at all the blogs that are out now, so many are just like raw and real. And once you do this work and start really digging in deeper, I have all these wonderful exercises. One of them is, you know, creating a morning routine because your thoughts create your reality. And they say we have 40 to 70,000 thoughts per day. Most are negative and most are repeated. So if you keep saying, God, I'm, I'm never going to succeed. God, I'm so sick of being broke. All that is negative, negative, negative. You have to say, who do you want to be? When I was talking to Arnold Schwarzenegger many moons ago, he said before he was a big star, he used to step in a box, you know, right in front of him, this invisible box and become Arnold. And he steps out of it. He's not Arnold. And in the box, he was famous, rich, the number one box office star in the world. He was, you know, the number one, um, bo the, uh, not box office. What did he do? Bodybuilder in the world. And he said, he asked people, do you want my autograph? And when he wasn't even anybody, and he said, people said he could never do it because of his accent in his build. He goes, yes, I can. So he stood in that box and went out of his house. I am Arnold, like, as if he's this famous movie star. And it's all about vibration, he said. So when you vibrate at a certain level, it doesn't matter what your words are. Like even this, people won't remember what we're talking about or what we exactly said. You remember what happened in history class or, you know, science. You, But you remember, oh my God, I love that teacher. You don't remember what they actually said, but just their energy. They were so loving or they helped me that one time or they nurtured me when I was sad that day or they didn't insult me or embarrass me or whatever it is. So they remember the emotion that is tied to you. So soul blazing helps you come from that point of how am I vibrating? Who am I being in the world? And I have an exercise of writing your eulogy. So you can do life backwards. What do you want people to say about you? What do you want to say about you at the end of your life? If you are writing your eulogy of Lisa Haysha is this, what do I want it to say? And then live, start building that life where you could honestly say that at the end of your life. And that's why I think traveling is so important. You're never going to remember, oh, I never traveled because I didn't have this much money or I didn't do that. But you're going to remember you didn't take that trip. And the more times you get out there and meet people, have extraordinary experiences, and those only come by taking risks and chances, then you're going to start all your childhood starts to dissipate and go in the background and you're going to be more in the now and what happens next because you're building a lot of memories most people stop making memories and you make so much as a child because you're going to high school grade school all this stuff is so much emotions and your hormones are going but once you stop everyone usually just goes to college gets that job and stays in that job so they're not creating a ton of memories 
but like I've traveled to over 60 countries and I'm meeting with all these people living in, you know, the mountains with Bedouins and Petra, staying with Sufis in Cappadocia for a couple months and going with shamans in Peru and staying with Aborigines and working with top, you know, people in Europe on all these different fields, interviewing over 200 people around the world from all different races, nationalities and cultures and who are you? What makes you tick? What do you want your legacy to be? Or just deep questions. So when you meet these kind of people or put yourself out there, even if you're super shy and uncomfortable, but you do it, those become your memories and start shaping you. So get out of your rut, get out of that. It's your time to blossom. And this book has transformed lives because it gives you the keys to doing it. And it's a gentle, kind place. And I do Zoom um, calls with people, groups, classes, and I also do privates. So Zoom is for you know a little less money and then privates are more expensive. But I have a webinar that goes through these also that's already pre-recorded and the quiz that people can take. Now where, let me ask you this question because we're running out of time and I wanna get everything in that I can. Um, tell me where people can go to find everything that we talked about today. I know we can buy your book on Amazon, right? So tell mm -hmm. us where your, everything is up on your website, right? That you can search for. And it's under, your website is? Soulblazing.com. And this year I'm getting out. I'm going to be traveling. I'm good, good. Home. <laughs> yes, that's so important because you got to remember life shrinks or expands in right. proportion to your courage. Right. So you have to like get out there and start expanding. And once you expand, everything's easier. What you think was so hard, like it's same as working out, walk one block, then the next day you could walk two and then a mile. You think I can never walk a mile. Yes, you can. Within a week, you can. Even if you're a slow you know, learner, not that ambitious, because it becomes easier and easier. Thank you for joining me today on Catherine Raker's World. We'll see you very soon. Give your website one more time, Lisa. It's soulblazing.com. And I'm on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. You can find me everywhere. Mm -hmm. Great. Don't forget to go to catherinebreakersworld.com or letsjusttalkradio.com where you can see us everywhere. We'll see you soon. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. Thank you for joining us on Catherine Ricker's Let's Just Talk on the Blacks and Whites Network.